You're listening to For Eternity and Until, where together we uncover how to bring heaven to earth in our everyday choices and live the life we were created for. I'm your host, Tori Mayhine, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this party started. Today's podcast is all about having intentional conversations that lead to transformation. I got this question on my Instagram yesterday about what sort of questions you should ask in conversation in order to open up conversations that can lead to personal connection and eternal impact. This is one of those things that comes extremely easy to me. I joke and say that ever since I was in kindergarten, this has been my true calling is I just arrive at places and people tell me their life stories. <laughs> I've come to realize this is actually a skill set. Never belittle these natural tendencies. They are key signs to show you about your spiritual gifting. That's actually a key element to what we teach in the Work From Worth course, which you can still purchase. I've put it in the link below for those of you who want to check that out if it's a resource that sounds interesting to you. So the last six days I spent with my husband on the road with his band, I Am They. This week we went to Oklahoma, we went to Iowa, We went to Minnesota and we went to Nebraska and then we drove home. So there were two travel days on either end, which is a lot of traveling, lots of miles logged over the last six days. But before we left, I realized, oh my goodness, I left my phone in my car and um, there was nothing I could do about it. We We were already on our way to the first destination and there was no time to turn back around. So I just had to accept the fact that I would not have a phone for six days. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but being removed from your cell phone, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you work from your phone, can be a very anxious experience. And it took me about 48 hours before I detached from the feeling of anxiety and overwhelm that comes with the belief that I'm falling behind or the belief that I'm missing out. This is often what I think because so much of my life and my income is related to my phone. And when I got over the belief of I'm missing out and the belief that I am falling behind, I really just started anchoring into this presence and invitation from God to rest. And even in the chaotic experience of being on a tour bus and trying to sleep on a tour bus, which I don't know how many of you have experience with things like this, but it's an absolutely terrifying experience at first. You're basically just trapped in like a pitch black coffin that is moving and being driven by a stranger bus driver that you just met before getting onto the bus. You're like, hello, this is terrifying. So every time that You're woken up in the middle of the night with the tires on the bumpy edge of the street where it's like, you're like waking up and imagining yourself just like driving off of a cliff and then training your mind and your thoughts back to center where you're like, okay, we're not driving off of a cliff right now. We are driving on a highway. I am safe. Everything is okay. But I basically had to talk myself into a place of peace (laughs) all night long. Uh, until I started getting used to it. But even in the midst of that, 
and the chaotic tour schedule that comes with traveling for a living, I feel so rested and grounded and clear-minded after six days of not having my phone nearby. I had a choice to make because I could have just leaned into isolation and boredom and gosh, I'm not going to be able to get anything done on this trip. But instead, I really chose to just lean in and say, God, this is a gift from you. And even though it was a mistake on my part to leave my phone behind, there's other ways to make sure that everybody knows that that's happening and I'm just going to be totally present. And at every single one of these stops, I encountered somebody who told me their whole life story and had a chance to pray and encourage these different people in various states that I would have never otherwise met. And I left with just a profound gratitude for this unplugged time from work and plugged in time of presence and the opportunity to listen to somebody else's story and to offer my gifting on the road, even though it wasn't paid for, even though I don't have a job title, anywhere that I go, there's purpose that follows me because I'm walking in my gifting. This is what living a purpose-led life, a life that works from a place of worthiness and not for it, is it allows you to disconnect and engage with what God is doing here and now. We want to raise our kids to follow Jesus to be resilient disciples. But how? How do we make discipleship a priority in the busyness of our everyday lives? Listen, even if your summer schedule is filling up with bonfires, ball games, and trips to the pool, you can still turn everyday moments into moments that matter. With guided conversations through God's word and fun hands-on activities for a variety of ages, talk about the new family discipleship subscription from Awana was made just for your family. You can try one month of talk about for free with the special promo code, all caps eternity. Start today at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. So over the last six days that I was on the road with my husband at every stop, I just simply asked Holy Spirit, who do you want me to talk to today? Just that simple question alone will set you up to have a conversation because you're positioned in a place where you are open and you're looking for the next person who you could potentially have a conversation with. So it puts you in a position where you're not just expectant for God to bring the person, but also you are in a position where you're going to step out and courageously begin these conversations with the intentionality of knowing that God is going to prepare the way for you to encounter somebody who needs encouragement or a listening ear. Now, this does not need to be super elaborate. It doesn't need to be complicated. It's truly as simple as asking open-ended questions. Okay, so let's define open-ended questions. Open-ended questions opens the door to the other person being able to fully express the answer to a question without you inserting an assumption or you limiting their response by asking a closed-ended question. And closed-ended questions end in yes or no. So if I say, may I go to the bathroom? Or did you do that thing? Did you have a good day today? (laughs) These kind of questions people will respond with yes or no. But if you ask an open-ended question, it usually starts with the following words. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. 
I know you probably feel like you're back in English class. These are the same questions that we have to talk about when you're, you know, writing a really good essay or you're dissecting a piece of literature. Conversations are essentially story work. It's asking the right questions in order to prod the other person on the other side of the conversation to more insight and knowledge about themselves or their experience and their emotions. And I promise you that if you get somebody talking about themselves, if they're willing to fully enter into that, there will always be a ministry opportunity simply just by them having the space to talk. And you don't have to be a professional coach or you don't have to be a licensed counselor in order to hold this space with other people. It is truly transformative because if you're really entering into a conversation without any agenda and without any end in mind other than just being there, present with that person to ask questions and allow them to talk, it totally pops the pressure bubble of you needing to offer them any specific guidance or answer to the woes of their life or whatever. You're just simply there. Remember, Holy Spirit lives in you and works through you, and it's his work. He begins it, he sustains it, He finishes it, and all you are are a vessel of his presence so that he can do the work in and through you. So let's just talk about some of the practical things when it comes to entering into these conversations. And let me just be frank with you that you're going to get better at this the more that you practice it. So if you're not naturally good at connecting with people and drawing in deeper conversations with people than just the surface level chit chat, You're going to need to practice this a little bit, and it might feel a little awkward. Don't overthink things. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just simply keep asking more questions because under each question, there's going to be an answer. And if you can read the person well enough on the other side, you can continue to ask more prodding questions as they respond that relate to their responses. So if you have somebody who responds to the question, how are you? which is a great open-ended question, which is so much better than, did you have a good day today? If you ask that question, they're going to say yes or no. But if you ask, how are you? Usually the surface level answers will be either, I'm good, I'm having a bad day, or I'm okay. It's at least what I typically see people respond as. Every once in a while you run into that one person who's just like, oh my gosh, I'm having the most amazing day today and Jesus is so good or whatever. But nine times out of 10, you either get a good or I'm okay. Another question that you can ask in response to that response is, why are you having an okay day? Or why are you having a good day? Now, this requires more of an open-ended response of the individual. If they say, I'm having an okay day, and they're just saying, I'm going through a lot, you can ask another open-ended question saying, would you be open to sharing more? I'd love to hear, or I'd love to give a listening ear. And nine times out of 10, if you're, if you're sensing from the person that you're talking to that they're comfortable, that they're engaging, that they're making eye contact with you and they're thirsty for conversation, and if you have the right atmosphere and the space and time to be able to engage in that conversation, 
then prod a little bit to that deeper level and just simply listen to their response. Now, if you're right in the middle of something busy and you know that they have somewhere to go and something to do, then a question like that is going to be frustrating to them because they may want to answer, but they're not able to answer. Or if they're being put on the spot and you're you're sensing from them that they're feeling a little bit coerced and pressured into responding in a certain way, you want to know that right away and kind of use your discernment and give them the space that they need. But if you have the space and if they're responding and if they're willing to offer you a true and honest question and engage with you, it's really as simple as listening. And when you hear the hurt and the harm in their story, this is honestly the the part of the engaging in story work that I'm personally working on right now is being able to engage in the hurt and the harm to name the harm. This is when the next layer goes in deeper for the story work and the transformational power, especially if you guys have the gift of, you know, prophetic or if you have the gift of, um, edification or shepherding. You have to go to these deep places in order to tend to the hurt and the harm in someone's story with truth. You don't want to meet hurt and betrayal and fear and these deep, you know, experiences emotionally and physically and spiritually that we have with a simple Jesus stamp response. It's the sitting with and engaging with and feeling with and responding with truth after you've engaged in the hurt and the harm to validate what they're saying and validate what they're experiencing. Even if you know that this person may be trapped in a lie that they're believing or there's something that needs to have breakthrough there, the simple validation before you enter into a truth or an encouragement has to be given in order for that person to feel safe. But if you continue to ask the open-ended questions in the conversation to prod them and open up another door, all of a sudden you're peeling back layers to this person and the intricacies of their story and you know who they are and why it matters to them to just get to know them, which in and of itself is so profound and beautiful and it's ministry in and of itself because everybody wants to be known. People will not remember the things that you say or the advice that you give, but they will always remember the way that you make them feel in that moment. You know, did they did they feel safe? Did they feel kindness and gentleness and um, love and care and concern? You know, these are these are all of the attributes of Christ that we want to carry and we want to give to the world around us. So let's talk about some of my favorite questions that always opens up this door so that you can kind of take it and run with it and um, use this as a resource for you in your own conversations. A massive thank you to all of you who have given to Joshua House Ministries. Jim and Sandy personally thank you as well. 
every single dollar that you spend as an investment in the kingdom of God reaps an eternal reward, not just for you, but for the lives of others. What we do with our resources matter. And I know that right now it's really difficult for many people to give. So I just appreciate your willingness to partner with Jim and Sandy and the work that they're doing in the Ukraine. They've been there for 30 years, adopting children, rescuing them from sex trafficking and giving them an abundant second chance at life. And right now, they're using their facility in the Ukraine to house refugees who have been displaced due to the war. And if you want to help fund the renovations that they need for their building, go to joshuahousecares.org. Okay, so here are some of my favorite questions that I regularly ask people on a day-to-day basis. Part of this comes from my love for conversation and getting to know people Some of this also comes from my training in sales and coaching as well, which always in both of those industries comes down to, again, your connection with people. So if you're people, people like me, then you can stick some of these questions in your back pocket. I actually provided a download, so I will put the link below so that you can access the download for that. And you can use it if you are an entrepreneur or if you're just looking to make more intentional connections with people. I think it's the worst PS if you're out with moms and all you talk about is breastfeeding and like the day-to-day monotony that you're actually trying to escape from and you get around with your mom friends, then you end up just talking about mom-related things. (laughs) If you use some of these more intentional who, what, where, when, why, how questions, you can actually you know, lean in a layer deeper to talk to that brand new mom or a friend in your mom's group. Uh, as it relates to them and their own personal calling, not what they're doing in motherhood that's occupying all of their time. I've found that sometimes in some of those group settings, it's easy to just discuss the topic that you're all gathering around for instead of engaging into that next layer of intentionality to really engage the person and their story and what they're feeling and what they're needing and tend to that space. If you do that, then you'll make friends all over the place, because again, they'll remember the way that you made them feel. I've already mentioned this question before, but when I meet someone, I just ask them a simple, how are you doing today? How are you? And when they answer that question, I respond with, why? Why are you having a good day? Why are you having a bad day? Um, And if they share with more intentionality in that response, then I ask them the follow-up question, would you be willing to share more with me about that? Curious about hearing more tell me more. You could even just say, tell me more. (laughs) And you're going to be able to read them on if they're going to respond to that. As they elaborate, ask the question, why is this important to you right now in this season? And it's funny because this is a very important question to ask in coaching conversations. It's a question I always ask in my coaching conversations because on the same vein of like the mom's conversation where you just end up talking about whatever the topic is at hand, (laughs) it's like, why is breastfeeding important to you right now? And their response is, actually, it's not important and I don't want to talk about it right now. Oh, great. Well, then let's shelf that and not talk about that anymore. Um, So asking the question, why is that important to you, allows for the person to consider, hmm, am I talking about something that's important to me? Or is this not important at all and should we change the topic of conversation? If conversation dies out, I always ask, you know, what do you love to do or what do you do for work, depending on the conversation that I'm having. If I'm having a conversation with a stay-at-home mom or if I'm having a conversation with a professional, I'll change that 
um, question. And the further prodding questions you can ask about this is what led you to choose that field of work? And in what ways is this fulfilling for you? How is your work affecting your family, beneficially, negatively? And asking the question, if money weren't an issue at all, would you do something different? Allow them to answer that. Sometimes they respond saying, well, I'd really love to do this, but I'm afraid of this, this, and this, or maybe they don't even mention fear. So asking that question, what are you afraid of? How have you experienced something like this before in your story? In what ways do you need to change? What would achieving this do for you? What opportunities are emerging right now? Which parts of this gives you energy? What assumptions could you be making negatively or positively about this? There's so many questions that you can go to that unlock deeper intentionality in that conversation. Another important dynamic when you're engaging with someone in conversation, you're seeing an emotional response. Maybe somebody starts to cry or um, you begin sensing that potentially they might be withholding an emotion, ask them, what emotion are you feeling right now? And how familiar are those emotions in your story? And as they unpack that story of hurt and harm, whether they've gone through a divorce or they're in a season of hiddenness and motherhood, or, you know, they've raised their children and now they're in this new season. I asked this question of a few moms who have older children over the course of this weekend. I said, if you could go back to yourself five years or 10 years ago in a previous season of motherhood, what advice would you give yourself? And it was so interesting hearing their responses. And honestly, it was little nuggets of wisdom for me to put in my back pocket for someone who's further along in their journey of motherhood than I am. So it's it's always a two-way street in conversations. I'm not just having these intentional conversations for the sake of the other person, but always for my sake as well, because I always learn something too. A question that's important to ask is, what do you need to quit? People are trapped in cycles of you know, behavior that sometimes they're not even aware of. So asking this question helps them identify something that they may need to leave behind. And who could you ask for help? And what result are you desiring and why? Which of these values are you trying to honor most right now in this season? How would you describe the tension that you're experiencing in this season? What is God teaching you right now? And what's your response to the lesson that God is teaching you? Why is that your response? You can almost always respond with why, why, why? If you go five layers deep into your why questions, um, then you're able to actually unlock a a greater revelation for the true meaning and purpose that is fueling the action or the emotion that that person is experiencing on the other end. So go ahead and click the link down below if you want to access the printout sheet and you want to print this or save this on your phone for the next conversation that you have with a friend and when you don't really know what to say (laughs) and if the conversation kind of dies out, well then refer to the 25 questions for transformational conversations sheet that I linked down below and get to asking. Uh, The Bible actually says, be uh, quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. I absolutely believe that the church will hold more transformative power if they just simply engage in this one word of wisdom in James. Be quick to speak or quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
every time that you experience anger or tension yourself, there is an opportunity present there to listen more than speaking. And once you do that and engage in what Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you and through you and to the other person and in the circumstance that you're that you're experiencing, you will find wisdom, which is given to us ungrudgingly and generously from God when we ask in faith. But when we respond obediently to listen more and speak less, we're going to be able to receive more wisdom and breed more intentionality in our relationship. So I hope this is helpful and I love you all and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have a second, leave a review or post a comment here on the podcast page. It helps this podcast to be seen by other people so we can spread this message far and wide. I cannot wait until next week and I'll talk to you soon.